your life, and it's ending one minute at a time. I was blind, but now I see. Working jobs we hate, so we can buy shit we don't need. Ideas are brutal. If you had one shot, everything I'd ever read, heard, seen was now organized and available. Now you fucking khakis. Life moves pretty fast. The Biohacking Secret Show. A couple months ago, I broke up with my girlfriend of a year and a half. And even though I knew it was what needed to be done and the right decision, nonetheless, it was one of the hardest things that I've ever dealt with. We came to Florida together. It was a trip that we had made from Chicago and we didn't have friends or family. All we had here were each other. And when I was faced with that difficult decision for us to to part ways, I knew that I was going to be losing the one person who had taken this plunge with me and in turn experiencing a whole new set of challenges that I'd never before gone through at any point in my life. And I was excited to have Drew Canoli on this podcast, not only because this is a man who's built one of the most successful superfood and supplement companies on the planet, transforming millions of people's lives, but this is a man who is constantly transforming himself pushing the boundaries of what's possible, asking the difficult questions, and and really taking an honest assessment of what's within him and how that influences everything he experiences in his reality, from his relationships to his business to his own physical and mental health. And we dive deep in this episode into the daily biohacks that Drew has cultivated to create successful relationships. So anyone here that's struggled before in relationships feels like they may be in a relationship where they love their partner, but it's not the type of person that they visualize themselves with or perhaps feel they deserve. Or if it's just that you want to become the best version of yourself so that you can show up in a way that's more powerful for the people that you care about in your life or attract the type of relationships, business, personal, or otherwise, that give you the highest quality of life, the one that you know you deserve and where you're living your purpose here and experiencing life at its fullest, it all comes down to our relationships. And and Drew helps make it granular and provides some simple but challenging exercises because they force us to look within and ask those hard questions. But if, you, if you've been looking for a roadmap and some of the, the daily behaviors that will facilitate that process, this episode will be a treat. So without further ado, please sit back, relax, and enjoy my conversation with Drew Canoli. And if you guys enjoy this episode, go back to episode 19 of the Biohacking Secrets show where you can get more Drew, where we talked about biohacking juicing. Check out his company at Organifi. We've provided links to all of the products we discuss, Organifi and otherwise, in the show notes. And if you dig this episode, let me know on iTunes. Head over to the Biohacking Secrets show page. Leave us a five-star review. Even though I don't get to personally respond to every single one of the comments, I do read all of them and every one of your reviews helps get the Biohacking Secret Show out to more and more people, and I appreciate that more than words can express. So thank you guys for your continued support. And if you want more tips and tricks like this, 
Drew's best biohacks, everything that I have learned interviewing some of the world's top luminaries, experts, scientists, researchers, Nobel Prize winners, elite athletes. Grab yourself a copy of the Biohacker's Guide to Upgraded Energy and Focus. We're giving it away for free now at biohackersguide.com. That website is biohackersguide.com. One last time, www.biohackersguide.com, and we'll ship it anywhere in the world. Now, enjoy our episode with Drew Cannoli. Let's start with the robe you're wearing right now. Tell me what's going on here. I like it. it looks I got cool. it from a friend who is a monk, and uh, he gave it to me, this Tibetan monk. And um, it is the most comfortable outfit I have, and I wear it around the house. It literally looks like I'm at spa day, you know, like you said. It's awesome. So, and it really anchors me into, I don't know, just something about changing your environment, changing what you wear to reflect kind of where your conscious mind gets to go. It's opening up subconscious cues for more compassion, for more groundedness, for more um, less focus on the material world that we live in so much, the 3D box that you and I live in and that we observe every single day. Like when you're wearing this, there's not a lot to it. So it's just like, I don't know, it's just, it's cool. There's, there's a lot of parallels to where you hear guys like Steve Jobs and and oh. a lot of the Silicon Valley guys, how they wear the same thing every day, you know, like a black t-shirt. Yeah. It's like their mm-hmm. uniform. So they don't have to make the decisions so that they're comfortable and it separates them from that side of like the, the, the mental drain. Yeah, 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 totally. And I agree with that. Like if you could just eliminate as many choices that you have in the day for yourself as possible and focus on what your genius zone is, that's beautiful. So, and delegating and outsourcing too, you know, being an entrepreneur and finding people that love doing things that you don't love to do. Even if you're a simple house mom or a dad, you know, what do you loathe about your life and what can you give to somebody else that makes less than what you make in an hour anyway? It's super powerful. About delegating and like kind of how you've evolved as a, as a businessman, take me back. What are some of the biggest differences between say Fit Life TV six years ago and that version of Drew and the version of Drew now today? Yeah. Um, well, six, seven years ago, I definitely was a lot more in my ego, I would say. So, which was great because you need your ego to start a business and be tenacious about working 12 to 14 hours a day. It was hustle, hustle, hustle. It was grind, 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 do this, do that as much as possible. I was more of a human doing than I was a human being. I think now I've graduated in a sense of now I get to be uh, who I really am, you know, the higher version of who I am and connect with people uh, much more efficiently. So we have a team of a hundred people now and I get to contribute to them versus uh, what can I create to sell? You know, like back in seven years ago, I was selling a $97 digital course And it was very much, I was on this hamster wheel day in and day out. And I was worried about paying for people's salaries, like supporting them on that way. There was just a lot going on back then. But I think back to it and ultimately the same qualities that I I have now, it's just almost like a larger version, I guess. Larger version and also a smaller version at the same time. It's like I've removed the clutter from the mirror more or less. And I'm not, a, I'm not attached to things as much. There's much more grace when I go throughout the day, 
I would say. I, I can appreciate that because I'm probably struggling with some of the things that that you have struggled with in, in that, you know, we go through these, it's like, it's like feast and famine, you know, everything's like everything there's, there's abundance and, um, and, and with a flip of a coin, you know, it can seem like you don't have enough money to pay for all the things that you want to do. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it's easy to say, all right, I need to create more things or I need to just sell, sell, sell. Um, how did you how did you take that step to stepping outside of that pattern that hustle pattern and yeah. um and and making a shift in your business so that's the biggest biohack of all yeah it's uh recognizing that it's not you doing it like i may be this meat suit that i have or as i like to call it this bag of bones that you look at right granted it's you know i'm blessed to have this bag of bones but it's more or less um I, I have a certain set of beliefs, principles that I live by, and that is um, I'm connected to source, that the infinite is within me, that I radiate that, that I am not con- disconnected from anybody that I look at, like you're my brother when I see you. So because of that, the universe, whatever your perception is, you, whatever you look at, whatever you project, you attract back into you, right, back into your experience. You are the architect of the movie that you view through these 3D eyes, these HD cameras, the greatest cameras on the planet. And um, when I look out into the world, I have this belief of oneness that I've been cultivating over the past decade. And that's the biohack that removes all barriers. Because when I approach somebody from that frequency, from that vibration, whether I'm talking to you on this podcast or I'm in front of the camera doing a Facebook Live in front of thousands of people, um, it removes that falsity that we are separate, that there's borders. I think one of the biggest problems in the world today is actually governments all over the world. We've set up these false borders. It's almost like a tree fighting against itself, like draining the, the chlorophyll from one branch because the other branch needs more food. It just, nature doesn't work like that. And we don't work like that as human beings. So the biggest biohack is to uh, get rid of any illusion that you're separate from anybody else. When you can start living from that place um, that I started to live from seven years ago, I realized that it wasn't about Drew. It's not about the Drew Canoli show. I dropped the show and I became one with um, the, the cosmic universe, the forces that be. And because of that, I have immense gratitude. Dude. I go throughout my day with so much gratitude for everything. It's this rapture that's overflowing and that's contagious. Like people want to be around it. People want to cultivate it in their own lives. And I think that's the big part of it is I'm just a pencil. Mother Teresa said, I'm a pencil in the hand of God. And that's truly my position now in my company, what I do every day. And that's the biggest biohack of all brother. Yeah. I like that is you talked about your, your vibration and your frequency and like, you know, there's, there's parallels here to Einstein and Nikola Tesla and you know, Tesla mm-hmm. said, if you want to understand the secrets of the universe, you have to think in terms of energy, frequency, and vibration. And is, is there like, what is, what does your morning routine look like in order to bring you into a, a vibration, um, a vibration of abundance and where you're, where you're feeling connected? Like what are some of the things that you do? Yeah. So I used to do seven things every morning and I made a YouTube video about it. And I did seven things every morning for years, every single morning. But lately, and I'll I'll tell you what those seven things are in a moment. But first, let me tell you 
the things that I do now are more intuitive. So I'm listening to my um, higher self. You know, sometimes you can tap this meridian, which is your crown chakra right in the middle of your eyes to open that up and ask your higher self to give you guidance. So you'll wake up and some mornings it's just like I'm being told to simply move, to get my chi moving as soon as I wake up or I'll hear something like laugh for a minute as hard as you can, like just laugh like a child for no reason, you know? So I'm in this house by myself laughing hysterically, raising my energy up. Um, so now it's more intuitive, but back in the day to kind of raise and elevate uh, your vibration and frequency, which is so vitaminally important, um, it was gratitude first and foremost. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I'd go on a rampage of appreciation, I call it, for three minutes as soon as I get out of bed. Just anything I could think of, anybody I could think of. And then afterwards, I would send notes of appreciation to three people every day that I'm inspired by, that helped me out the previous day, that impacted me in some way. Just a note. Uh, handwritten is always better. So I have a stack of notes here. Um, I learned this from one of my past mentors. So just writing a quick note, sending it in the mail, nobody does that anymore. Yeah. And it's so powerful for people to get those. So that was one of them. And then I do what's called super hydration. And I take uh, Amalaki powder, which is an Ayurvedic, you probably know what it is. It's an Ayurvedic toner for Pitta types. You're a Pitta as well. Pittas, it, I bet you 95% of people listening to this have a Pitta dosha, which is Ayurvedic science for somebody who's very enthusiastic, somebody who is motivated, an entrepreneur that loves cutting edge stuff, biohackers. We run hot at night. Like if we're sleeping, we're the people that turn the fucking air down, excuse my language, to like 65 degrees because we can't handle it if it's any like hotter than that, like 65 to 70, right? Yeah. Um, that's a Pitta type. So Amalaki powder helps tone the muscles. It helps cool the liver down. It helps um, calm our, our energy down so that we can ground and really listen. And then I go, I would go into about 30 to 45 minutes of meditation and prayer. So having an altar in your house is a big biohack. I got a few altars here with different pictures of transcendent masters that I, um, you know, like Jesus, um, that I appreciate mother Mary, you know, a lot of the saints of different religions and stuff that I look up to. Um, you could even have like behind me, I don't think you can see it, but if you can, I have Leonardo da Vinci because I respect him as an inventor, right? I got a bronze statue of him, Gandhi as well. So just paying tribute to all the people, all of our ancestors before us that have allowed us to come here at this time and place to invent, to create, to inspire to cultivate who we are deep inside of us. So all of that um, I do for about 30 to 45 minutes. And then I free write, which is awesome, dude. This is an insane biohack for people that want to become more creative. Just grab a journal, grab a pen, and just start writing. Don't think about what you're writing. Just let your guide, whatever your mind, your higher self, open up and just the floodgates. It's almost like you can do it on your computer too. I just simply like writing because that meridian of the hand is attached to the heart. And I like opening that up and really feeling what I'm called to do that day. I almost write from the future sometimes too. It's a crazy thing. It's like here I am writing today, but it's like 10 years from the future. And I write in a way of honoring who I am. Right now I'm single. I broke up with my girl that I dated for a year and a half, three months ago, four months ago. So one thing that I lo love as a man, one of my love languages, if you read the book, Five Love Languages, is words of affirmation. 
So instead of going out and searching for other women to give that to me, it was almost feeling this need. Me as a man, I'm doing that in this writing. So I'm affirming that from the future. And sometimes I read it and I'm like, wow, there's a lot of feminine energy coming from this. But it's a way that uh, the Divine Mother, if you want to call it, is speaking through me in the morning to make sure that I'm getting what I need, the sustenance, and it's generated from within. So that's free writing, which was part of my morning ritual. And then I go to the gym, rock it out, heavy weight. Um, I don't do a lot of cardio, you know, 15, 20 minutes of an incline treadmill walk. I got a treadmill at the house. Um, I sit in the sauna too. I have a sauna here, turn it up to 160 degrees, get that HGH increased, IG fat, you know that. I mean, I'm talking about biohacker. Um, this is this is awesome, man. I love it. Sauna and then cold shower. I'm putting a cold plunge in a float tank here. Yes. I have one of those um, pools at the house, the uh, triathlete pools that you swim against, the endless ones with the motor. Yeah. Next time you're in San Diego, dude, you have to come hang out. But uh, I'd love to. Man. I have all these things that I do um, just to get my name set up. So I usually wake up three thirty, four o'clock in the morning. Oh wow. By um, nine o'clock, we have our stand-up meeting with Organifi, and I'm ready to rock and roll, dude. I'm like the energy. I bring the energy to the environment. I'm like that's my sole job, the chief innovation officer and the energy bringer. This is great, man. I'd like to. I'd like to throw out some rapid fire based on what you just shared. Okay, getting up at three three thirty to four a.m. What time you go to bed? Uh, usually eight thirty nine o'clock. And how long have you been doing that? Um. Pretty much off and on my whole life. There's seasons, right? So yeah. out of the year, my normal wake-up time, I would say, is more like 4.35. But if I'm writing a book, which I'm doing right now, or I'm focused like on the creative work on anything, whether it's scripting videos for our, our community online, 3.30 is like my golden hour. Like 3.30 to 4.30, like that's when all the magic happens. I could literally wake up at 3.30, work for an hour, and go back to bed. And literally, I wouldn't have to work another hour during the day because I can get so much done in that one hour. It's insane. So much of what you're applying with your morning routine are the things that I've heard before but haven't done myself. Yeah. And it's probably like those things that will make the biggest difference in my life, like the, you know, the, the free writing, the morning pages, yeah. that type of thing. Uh, I never do it. The you know, Getting up to the 30 to 40 minutes of prayer and meditation. It's like I'm pushing it doing 20. And, and, and these are things that I know will have a huge impact. Like I also just broke up with, with my girlfriend a few months ago and yeah. I started my, my initial instinct was just immediately to get back into the dating scene. Yeah. And, um, I went on a date and, and just had this moment where I, I, I picked the girl up and I knew before we even got to dinner that it wasn't going to work. And I had this like, what are you doing? You're like, you are on the hamster wheel, you know, uh-huh. and you just, you just, you're, you're stuck in this loop. And until you figure out why you're forever going to be stuck in the loop. Mm-hmm. And, and I picked up, um, Lewis, Lewis House's book, the mask of masculinity. And I tore through that in like a day and a half and was like, wow, I'm, I'm wearing like all these fuckers. <laughs> and, and, and I haven't yet, I'm kind of curious how those words of affirmation have impacted your dating life. Um, if, you know, if that's something you've gotten back into how you meet people that, that you feel are like quality women. Yeah. So you attract what you are first and foremost, and you know that 
So what vibration you, you're at or frequency, which is why it's so important to do that morning work and really get clear on who you are. Because I can look back at all my relationships, not just my past one. And depending on where I was, in some moments I was in scarcity. Like some moments I was in ego where it was, we were doing really well in business and I was in my ego. So I attracted what I was being in that moment. So now it's a game of how high can I get my motherfucking frequency on a daily basis, day in and day out, because I know that the woman that shows up next is going to be at a completely different level, period, because of that. So that's my primary focus. And when I'm doing those things, when I'm writing to myself, I'm not needing anything from anybody else. I think it's easy for men as hunters, like most pittas are, we're, we're hunters, right? We use our prefrontal cortex a lot. We're flow junkies because our left and right hemispheres work really well together. We push that information in the prefrontal cortex like you talk about in your book. And that opens up possibility. And in that possibility, we have endless options. Like you could literally go on Bumble, you could go on Tinder, you could go on all these other websites, swipe left, swipe right. But until you really get clear on who you are and on what you really want, not only that, but what you don't want, the non-negotiables, the things that you're completely against, the toxicity of past relationships that kind of accrue over time and you just pile it on and pile it on and pile it on until you're being an authentic version of who you are and you're attracting another inauthentic version of who they are that has no self-love, very little self-love, and then you're the facilitator and holder of that because maybe you have a savior complex. Or I haven't read Lewis's book all the way, but he probably talks about the mask where people save another person. Mm-hmm. That's a huge trap. And you have that. I have that. That's like the warrior that wants to swoop in and save the day, Captain save And that never works out, right? <laughs> it never works out. So... And, and of course, we have our biology working for us. As men, you know, we're still attracted to the young women, the 25 to 30-year-old girls. And the older we get, that doesn't change. We're still attracted to them because biology, right? It's like that's when girls are in their prime. And as men, our stock continues to rise, if you want to look at it like that, over and over and over. And until we realize that the age is, is the biggest limiting thing, I think, you know, because the difference between, and I'm just talking as a man, I think most of your listeners are probably men, correct? Yeah, more, more than women, but it's a mix. It's a mix. Yeah, so this will be good for women too. But as a man, uh, I believe, like once a woman hits 30 and above that, as they continue to grow, they get rid of all those self-worth conversations. Not all of them, because they'll always be there but the majority of them kind of fade away and their ability to hold space for men in my experience Mm -hmm. takes off through the roof because you're a space holder, dude, ultimately. And I do, I hold immense amount of space for other people too in communication. So when you find a woman that has the same rituals that you have, that wakes up, that does the work, that prays, meditates, that's into the biohacking, because that's out there, dude. There's girls, and you have girl followers right now that would love to date you, I'm sure. Um, That's when everything changes. Because it's like, it's not, it's no longer one, (laughs) a half and a half equal one, it's one plus one equals three, or a thousand. Was that a belief that you had to take a shift in? I mean, my, my ex-girlfriend was, was 24. She's turning 25 in February. 
And yeah. that was, that was a little bit a part of the pattern. She was in, in, incredibly mature and everything, but you know, age does come with some challenges that, as you said, have a tendency to fade away. Um, as we become more, as we fall in love with ourselves, yeah. did you find yourself in a loop where you were attracted to a woman that ultimately tended to have a lower chance of possessing the intangibles you were looking for? That wasn't healthy. Yeah. That was very much into, um, you know, and, and I am too, but sometimes like a little too much into the ego world, a little too much into the look at me, the, the shadow, right? Like, cause we all had the shadow, you can embrace it and love it. But at the end of the day, I was on this perpetual loop of attracting, um, women that I was, I was saving them and it all comes back to my childhood. You know, if you want to go deep on this, but I was abused, tortured, neglected as a kid, zero to five. I never had a mom and a dad that showed me what it was really like to be um, a supportive, loving parent. So my whole model of the world, which has taken thousands of hours in a whole lifetime up to this point, because there's still that little shadow that will always be there had to be handled and it was, it's healed. You know, it, it has to be really healed and you move away from that. And until you do that, like talking to myself, um, you'll always attract the same situation until you learn the lesson. Mm-hmm. So the lesson is there for you and getting super inquisitive about it. Why, why am I attracting this type of person? What's the lesson here? Is it this life? If you believe in past lives, is there something that's going on there? Is it, um, is it my ego? You know, and really getting clear on what it is will allow the freedom for you to just move away from that type of environment. At least that's been my experience. Is this kind of where that morning journaling comes in and asking yeah. these hard questions and then, and then letting yourself write? Yeah. Asking yourself those questions. And, um, yeah, you're not immune. Like I'm not immune to it because there's some moments where I'll still see my ex and all of a sudden I'm, I'm in rage. I'm like angry. I'm like, wow, that's interesting. So I wrote down some questions to ask myself this morning. And if you guys want to write these down, yeah, I was enraged. I was totally like alpha. Like I was ready to set the whole gym on fire. And I'm like, this is not me. Why am I acting like this? So then I just got silent and I asked, is it biochemical? Because we are biology beings. Is it food? Is it water? Is it sleep? Is it stress? I take an internal evaluation. I scan my body. I scan the meridians in my body. I check in with my higher self. So biochemical is a big thing. Number two is, did I get triggered by the lesson that I am supposed to learn right now? Was there a lesson in it that triggered me? What can I learn from you? Not her, but from the rage. What can I learn from the shadow? What can I learn from the anger? What can I learn from the anxiety? What can I learn from any emotional state that you're in? And then you silence yourself. And whatever arises, you write that down, right? Um, What do you want me to know about you? So now I'm giving it a voice as if it's a little commander and you can do this with physical pain in your body too. I've done this with my, I tore my MCL and I'm like, what do you want me to know about you? 
And it was real fascinating because I was, I imagined this little gray, kind of like this little Oompa Loompa leader in my knee, right? And I'm talking to him and I opened up like this freaking portal as I'm communicating with my freaking knee. It was like the weirdest thing ever. But he's like, um, your quads are way too tight. He's like, you got to have body work on your quads because it's pulling on that NCL. And he said, you need a uh, humidifier in your bedroom when you sleep at night. Huh. Like, interesting, a humidifier. So, dude, did those two things, listened to it. Pain went down 90% the moment I gave it that little image in my head, and I actually listened. It was like, thank you for giving me compassion. Thank you for hearing me out. Legitimately. And then I put the humidifier in, and I've been crushing my quads with the foam roller, and my MC MCL healed naturally. Now, of course, I pray and meditate and do all the spiritual work alongside of that, which is the bigger thing. But yeah, giving it that face and that name. And then, you know, what do you need from me? And I am here from you, holding space for maybe it's that five-year-old child inside of you. Maybe it's anxiety. Maybe it's the emotion that you haven't let go of, the rage, the anger. Asking these questions will allow you to get really deep with it and uh, heal whatever's inside of you. That's, that's great. One of, I mean, one of the few moments where I, I applied some of this stuff was the, one of the exercises that Lewis recommended where it's like, go through your life and write down every moment that, that had a powerful or painful emotional impact on you. Yeah. Write down mm -hmm. what happened and then how you felt about it. And I was, I was doing that on the way to the airport, flying back to Florida from Chicago. And I remember just feeling this massive release it was like I'd had all of this stuff bottled up inside me for decades and I was ignoring it because like I didn't want to talk about the girl that I thought I was in love with in seventh grade, you know, who we'd send the, the rug in, in reading class and read together. And then when I asked her out, she was like, no, I don't think of you that way. And it's like, this is stuff that's not a big deal, but it was a big deal to like seventh grade Anthony and like, yeah. and, and, and addressing it and not hiding from it and shying away from it it felt like it finally allowed everything to just kind of flow more free, freely and like these, some like blockages were leaving. Have, have there been other things that you did in, in falling in love with yourself or, or making this, um, this journey to where you're able to attract the type of person that you know you deserve and want to spend your life with or more time with that have, that have been um, particularly impactful that you would recommend to someone listening that maybe can identify with some of these challenges? Yeah, I think, um, you know, as it's different for men and women, I think uh, the big thing for me has been my um, authentic path to who I really am, you know, searching for different uh, leaders, different people that can help me with that. So for the past three years, I've traveled to the Yucatan jungle. You know, I went to uh, Costa Rica. I've been working with a shaman who, I haven't done any plant medicine because that seems to be real popular, but I've um, been working with basically a Taliban sorcerer who is really big into the Toltec wisdom. And the Toltecs, I mean, this is a, the Aboriginal Indians, you know, back in the day, like super, super powerful stuff in dream time. So imagine that you have one third of your life, your whole entire life to go to school and you could learn anything that you want to learn. 
and you could travel anywhere you want to travel and you can meet with anybody that you wanted to meet with past, present, and even future. And that's what I've been committed to over the past, I guess I first um, started doing this about eight years ago, actually, but really hardcore hitting it over the past three years. And that is uh, what I call night school. And that's what it's referred to as. So night school is setting an intention before you go to bed. This is the greatest, another great biohack. Um, envisioning what you need to learn that night. Programming your subconscious before you go to bed. Maybe it's reading a book. Maybe it's turning your audio system down on a really low level of a book that you're reading. You can barely hear it, so it doesn't disrupt your sleep. But your subconscious is soaking it up as you sleep. So um, I've had many healings in dream time. And that's, that's lucid dreams. That's reliving a moment in the past from a different angle, from the observer, we can call it. Um, I had this belief that my dad was not really there for me as a kid, like my adopted dad, right? That he was working a lot. He, was, he just wasn't present when he was home. He was watching sports on TV from Michigan. Like that was a big thing. He was drinking every weekend with his buddies. These were all beliefs that I had before. Um, he was lazy. This was a belief that I had about my father. It just wasn't a good representation of him until one night it was like going to school on that belief that I had. So as an observer, I saw every interaction thousands of times when my dad interacted with me and he showed me what it had meant to be um, divine masculine. When he was holding space for me, when he was caring, when he was loving, when he was fully committed, when he was present. And I saw all those times. And I'm like, why didn't I remember all those versus the bad stuff that I'm holding on to? So I woke up, you know, crying, literally tears rolling out of my eyes as a man, because it was like this ceremony that I went through, one of the most beautiful um, night school moments that I've ever had. And it changed the vibration and the frequency around how I interact with him now and how I engage with my dad. And had and I set the intention and done the work in dream time, there's a good chance I never would have saw my dad like that. So we have these innate superpowers uh, going into dream time, calling forth whatever we want to learn. I've had dreams with Steve Jobs where he's teaching me stuff. I've had, I've been on different planets that have different energy systems that they're using. They're like sucking energy out of the air and having whole civilizations like powered by all this different stuff. Like we we're more powerful than we ever give ourselves credit for as human beings. It's just very few people realize it. We are literally walking around um, superheroes. I believe that. And when you really tune in and like start to grasp that and you treat this temple like it is, high-vibing foods, which is why we started Organifi, because we're literally light beings, right? Liquid light, all the greens, all the stuff in red juice, the protein. It helps you vibrate at a higher level. It opens up your pineal gland so that you, the seed of your soul, which is right here, that has the naturally forming DMT, which is the spirit molecule. So you get access to that at night. <clears throat> so imagine doing an ayahuasca, like if you've ever done it, you know, and all the things that people tell you about ayahuasca, like they've changed their life, they've had these spiritual intuitions, they realize that life is eternal, like all these big epiphanies people are having. Imagining not even having to do that, but having access to it every night. And that's been one of the most powerful biohacks that I've had in my life over and over and over again. I can't, I mean, I'm excited to go to sleep at night 
Because it's like, now I'm plugging into reality. Like, what's real? Is real now on this podcast or is real in dream time? Yeah, it's beautiful, man. Like, I've started realizing how much I enjoy laying down at night and just thinking about the day and, yeah. and, and how, how little of my life I even reflected on anything that had happened. It was just like, go, go, go. Um, you mentioned some of some of the stuff that you guys are doing over there at Organifi. And I, I didn't mention, but my dad came in right when we were starting and he had made a shake for us with some of your, uh, with some of your protein. Um, <laughs> and the, the last question I kind of have is you guys make some amazing, you make your green juice, you have your red juice, you have your proteins. How do those fit into your daily routine? Um, and how do you, how have you found them to be like most, most effective for you? Yeah. So I have a, my daily routine with all the, the products that we have that, I mean, I'm glad you love the protein. The team's telling me how much you love it. Yeah. It's, it's, it's delicious. I mean, this was not planned. My dad makes it every single day and he'll bring me a, he'll bring me a uh, shake and we're doing uh, the green juice cause it's a lot easier than juicing and, and the red yeah. as well. Yeah. It's, it's all fantastic. I'm curious how you use it. So, um, green juice in the morning after I do the amalaki and lemon, um, I usually go for the green juice and I still like the, the coffee, you know, the double shot of espresso with a little coconut oil for the good fats. I know you're into that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, so green juice, red juice in the afternoon around two o'clock. And then I'll have my um, protein shake uh, probably around four. Cause I need, I usually eat every three to four hours. That seems to work really well for me on the days where I'm not doing intermittent fasting. Um, and then which all of our stuff is keto friendly, by the way, um, except for the protein, there's like three grams of sugar in it, which is really low. Um, and then at night I do gold juice and gold is our restorative, relaxing recovery drink. It's got the turmeric, the coconut, the ginger. It's great for digestion and repair when you sleep. And the gold will literally accelerate your dreams as well. Like it's insane. I need to get on some of that gold juice. I haven't tried it yet. Do you mix the green and the red with water? Uh, yes. So green and red with water. Some people mix it like the green in the morning with a, cause it's got a little matcha in there too. So they'll take some steamed almond milk and they'll mix the green. That's really good. I like it with water. Um, the red juice tastes like Kool-Aid. Like we got to get kids delicious. on that stuff. <laughs> Cause it has no sugar. It's just sweetened with Lohan. Uh, but the beets in there for nitric oxide production. I mean, it's got uh, rhodiola, which is an adaptogen, which helps regulate stress. Same as ashwagandha, which is in our green juice. So we're putting adaptogens and mushrooms in the red juice, right? We got the cordyceps, which increase ATP, one of the most clinically tried mushrooms on the planet. Uh, this thing's crazy. You probably talk about this, but 1980 Olympics, I believe it was the 86 Olympics, like these China, Chinese women kept winning uh, the gold medals for long distance running, like over and over and over again. They won like eight medals that year, all the events. And they were like, what's going on? Let's test them for steroids. And they found out that it was actually cordyceps mushrooms. So super powerful. And, um, yeah, there's no nothing on the planet like it. I mean, I've tried hundreds of different superfood mixes and drinks. And it's incredible, dude. I'm glad you love it. Yeah, I, I love it, and it's it's sustainable because it tastes good. I mean, that's that's one of the big downsides. Is you look at other formulations, and like on paper they're great, but if you can't choke them down, it's just it's yeah. not it's not sustainable. And and the last bit, how do you do your shake? Uh, my shake, I literally just mix that stuff with water too. I yeah. put it. I don't have my shaker bottle here but I have an Organifi shaker bottle, two scoops in that with water, shake it up, drink it. It tastes 
incredible. And if you add a little uh, coconut oil to that, and maybe an egg if you want, you can make some amazing pancakes and waffles with it. So if you love the protein drinking it, like make some pancakes and waffles, your dad's going to freak out when he tries these. Oh, that's great, man. This is, this is fantastic. We'll link to, uh, you know, your red juice, your green juice, your protein and, and your gold in the show notes. Um, and we'll get, we'll get a link to the Amalaki that, uh, that you like as well. But this is, this is phenomenal, man, and has been particularly helpful for me and, and what I'm experiencing right now. And I appreciate that you've, um, put in the work and tried and, and tested and seen some of the things that really make a difference in, in your transformation. And yeah. So, thank you. Thank, I want to acknowledge you too, for being so open for your people. And so vulnerable and so authentic because sometimes as influencers, we can call it like you are and I am, we like to hide and we like to talk about the things that are easy to talk about. So I can tell in you and your spirit, there's this great transformation happening. It's exciting. I'm excited to connect even six months or a year from now and see how far you are past this. I think there's going to be a whole leavening in who you are. And um, you're rising, dude. I can literally see wings behind you. Like you're getting ready to like, like the rising phoenix. And it's beautiful, brother. We need more men on the planet like you that are stepping into that. So thank you. Thank you, brother. This, is, this has been inspiring. I appreciate you. It's great hanging out as always. And uh, Drew Canola, you're a, you're a great human being. All right, biohackers, super excited to share this one with you guys, especially those of you who live in parts of the world where maybe you don't get as much sun as you like, or even if you just have a modern lifestyle that doesn't allow you to get as much sun as you like. Maybe you wake up in your box, you eat your box cereal. Hopefully you guys are, are past that. You get in your box with four wheels under it, you drive and you work all day in your box, and before you know it, you haven't gotten any sun. And we know that that photonic energy from the sun is critical to everything for from energy production to mood, mental fatigue, and especially for those of us that have dealt with seasonal affective disorder, that's kind of like where your mood drops during the winter months, I suggest that you pick up the human charger. I've used this for a few years, and what's really cool about it is it was invented in Finland, and the research on this device has been around since the 1980s. It's effectively working by shedding light into the light-sensitive regions of the brain that are responsible for energy levels and mood and mental alertness, and it can help reduce the effects of jet lag. There's studies showing that this is effective against seasonal affective disorder. It actually increases motor speed in athletes, and it does all of that without suppressing the melatonin production that clears toxins from our brain and helps us get a good deep night's sleep, right? So that's really cool. I use it for about 12 minutes a day. I used to use it religiously when I was in Chicago. Now that I've moved to, moved to Delray and have much more access to sunlight, I use it uh, a little bit less frequently, more on a as-needed basis, and I keep it in the rotation for when I travel to prevent jet lag. You can learn more about the Human Charger at humancharger.com. Be sure to use coupon code BIOHACKS to save 20% on your order. Again, you can go check it out at humancharger.com. That's H-U-M-A-N-C-H-A-R-G-E-R.com and use coupon code BIOHACKS, B-I-O-H-A-C-K-S when purchasing to save 20% on your order.